way of telephone you can do the same as well the number is very easy hopefully i can remember it <laughs> all right i haven't said it in a very very long time that's 0800 that's 0800 uh, if you want to be calling us from a landline it's going to be absolutely free if you're calling us from from using your cell phone well you, you're going to do the initial calling we'll take your details down and we'll call you back so do that and join us as we discuss sexual offenses calls uh, the content of the show might be of adult nature uh, I would like to encourage you to please, um, if you have kids around, uh, they might want to go and press buttons somewhere else. You know, maybe give them that laptop to do their homeworks or let them write something or paint something or something like that because of the content this evening. All right. So 0800-142-446. That's 0800-142-446. You can speak in any language of your choice. Any of the Sesotho languages, you're more than welcome to do that. Any of the Nguni languages, Mavunukulu Mizuzum, Tamufunukulu Tetis Kosa, Obanya Gobelela, Epolelo, ya, 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 we are launching the Sexual Offences Court at Bredastop. And Bredastop is a small town in Cape Town. And we are just basically saying that by launching this court, we are popularizing the sexual offences model to say that we want victims of sexual offences to be assured that there are facilities within the court system to protect them if they come to court uh, that we use to provide victims. Tell me, yeah, tell me something. How many of these courts do we have in South Africa? I mean, we're launching one tomorrow in Breda's Dob. Uh, how many of these do we have uh, in the country? Do you know? And this will be the 97th. We hope that by the end of the month, we'll have 100 sexual offences courts. Mm-hmm. Or by the end of uh, March, we'll have 100 sexual offences courts all together. All right. It looks like it's a big number, and we're looking forward to that. In fact, uh, whatever we can do to popularize that, uh, please let us know. We'll definitely jump in. Um, sure. l- let, let's talk about uh, convictions or the conviction rate, if you want to, of sexual crimes. How how have these courts contributed towards that? Um, I'll tell you that uh, the sexual offenses courts have, uh, according to our statistics that we gather for management purposes as the Department of Justice, we are not the role player that is responsible for uh, basically making sure that like we are not prosecutors or magistrates, but we do management of the courts. And when we gather information, we realize that these courts are the top producing courts. For year on year, in the past three years, we have found that, that they have the highest conviction rate wow. for rape. Mm-hmm. And yet, they also have the highest number of uh, sexual offenses uh, registered and because they have a l- highest number of sexual offenses courts registered uh, definitely 
you 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 will realize that in the management of sexual offenses there might be highest rates of postponement for one reason or another but they are very active and uh, aimed at uh, ensuring that we have convictions as far as possible and in the past three years we have found that most of the top performing courts in terms of guilty finding for rape as a sexual offense uh, the top most are sexual offenses courts so compared to the other mainstream courts that deal with sexual offenses and they don't have the facilities that we are uh, providing we see that they are you know outperforming the mainstream courts so they are very 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 important uh, courts to introduce within our system. 16 minutes after 6 o'clock, if you've just jumped in, uh, welcome to it. This is our live broadcast. It's coming from our studios here in, uh, and then he said Cape Town. Looks like I'm looking forward to go to Cape Town after all. Uh, we're going to be having the State of the Nation address them, um, Melukubu Wilderson next week. So everybody's yes. up, up, up and running and preparing stuff. So, uh, we're going to be going there this coming Monday. But um, you're joining me. I'm, I'm, I'm in Hatfield, broadcasting live from our studios here at the GCIS offices studios in um, Hatfield. 0800-142-446. That's 0800-142-446. It's a toll-free number if you're going to be calling from a landline. Now, if you're calling us by using your cell phone, please call us in. We'll take your details down and we'll call you back. I would like us to talk this evening, um, if you're a listener. Uh, Hello, <laughs> Now, as government, obviously, we can understand these terms and we know where they're coming from. We're saying sexual offenses, courts. And in the past, they've heard about the maintenance courts and all of that stuff. Now, here comes another one, sexual offenses courts. Maybe you want to break it down to us in terms of what type of matters do these courts handle? Okay, let me just be uh, clear about where do we establish sexual offenses courts. Because ideally, we could establish uh, the the court model in all the mainstream courts that hear sexual offenses matters. But because of recess constraints, obviously we have to look at the, the, whether there are high numbers of sexual offenses in a locality. Mm-hmm. We look at courts, magistrate courts that are already there and are dealing with sexual offenses. We check uh, the rural areas that are dealing with 
high numbers of sexual offenses against children as well as uh, adults. So. box that are out where in terms of the numbers it's not many cases as compared as in Joburg. But because access is so strenuous for the victims, we also resource cuts in those areas. Right. Um, Is there any plans of having these type of courts um, somewhere else? Uh, Obviously you're launching one in Bredasdorp. You've just mentioned now that it's, um, it's not such a big town um, it's a, one yeah. of the small towns that we have which is very good which is very good yeah. like you're comparing it now to your Joburgs, where you have all yeah. the infrastructure that you need it, it, yeah. are there any plans from the department to roll this out to other smaller Nyana towns in that country yeah. all right i think we've lost her i think we've lost the melukubu will they send them uh, so we're going to try to give her a call back quickly um, 0800-142-446, 0800-142-446. It's a toll-free number if you're calling from a landline. Um, if you're calling from a, a cell phone, I just put it off here. If you're calling from a cell phone, um, call us in and we'll take your details down and we'll call you back and that way saving you costs. My name is Karabo Lance. I'm very excited to have you with us. Um, we broadcast live from our studios here in, uh, in, um, in Pretoria. My goodness me, why am I... Why am I wanting to say Cape Town? I'm always wanting to say Cape Town for some reason. Uh, that's because uh, the sauna is happening. Uh, so we're going to be going down to Cape Town and broadcasting from there and hopefully bringing you content from government, especially from parliament and everything that's going to be going on around there. Just want to mention at this time while we're trying to get Melikubu Wilderson on the line that we're joined by somebody that's very, very special to us. Um, it's one of our interns. In fact, there's two of them. One is here, one is out. And um, they haven't even been here for a month, and these guys are operating this facility like you don't understand. And uh, it's Lerato Moswane on controls and telephones. Um, um, so so <laughs> we're very excited that she's with us um, this evening and helping us as well. And we also have Komuto, Komuto Ranoto, who's out and about. Komuto went out this afternoon to the launch of um, the, not the launch actually, is the handover of brand new BMWs to an organization by our president. So Komuto is going to gather all the details around there and we'll give you, we'll keep you, keep you updated tomorrow. 0800-142-446, Our producers are telling me that we might, we're experiencing a very, very, uh, not so bad, but a handful of a technical issue that they're trying to sort out on the other hand. So just bear with us. And perhaps you would like to uh, know exactly what the content of this evening is going to cover. As I said, sexual offenses calls, that's what we're going to be covering. Hopefully by the end of this show, uh, you and I are going to be uh, learning quite a lot, you know, about sexual offenses courts, um, how these courts are assisting and improving conviction rates of sexual crimes in our country. We need dedicated courts to do these type of things, you know. Uh, people have been complaining to say, hey, look, you know, um, some problems that we have, you need a specialized facility. 
to be able to handle that, and government has heard your call, and that's why these courts are there in place. We've got maintenance courts as well, as you know, and those are specifically to handle matters that's got to do with maintenance and so forth. We've got a variety of courts in our country, and this is one of them, the sexual offences courts. Now, Victor Pala, as you know, Victor is one of our producers coming from the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development. Victor Pala is all the way out in, um, what is that place, in Bredasdorp. 27 minutes after 6 o'clock, and welcome back. Um, are you coming to, we come to you live from our studios here in Hatfield in Pretoria. This is the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development program sponsored by Government Communication and Information System, the GCIS. My name is Kara Bolans. Um, I'm very sorry about what happened earlier on. We've just had a technical glitch. We try- Mel Gubi is on the line, by the way. Um, so we've just had a break in connection and we've just been battling to get a hold of her. But I've been told that she's back on the line again. Mel Gubu, are you there? Yes, I'm online. All right, pardon me for that. We just had a technical glitch, and I've been told that uh, there's quite a lot of rain that's happening outside. Um, so maybe that had some interference as far as that is concerned. Um, in fact, I've been told it's load shedding uh, that's that's been a problem. Yes, we, um, we had a bit of a breaking transmission, uh, transmission because of load shedding. Yeah. I, I believe so. I believe so. It's something that obviously <laughs> government is working hard to sort out. Yes. All right. Oh, it Grant, coming from, uh, is it Vustam? Uh, Grant, you're on the line. It's a very good evening to you. Thank you so much for joining us. 0800-142-446. That number is a toll-free number if you're going to be calling from a landline. If you're calling from a cell phone, um, give us a call. From Ladysmith, uh, please, Zandile. Hello. Hi, Zandile. Go for it. Before Nangila, they have done thoroughly investigation learning and regular South Africa. Thank you so much, Zandile. Zandile. Let's take Simon from Pushback Rich. Hello. Hi, Brasai. I'm okay, Carabon yourself. I'm good, thank you so much. Go for it. Yes, um, I, I'm not sure whether this question is relevant or what, but I just find that as to uh, if I send someone a nude picture, uh, is it regarded as a sexual offense or what? Without their consent. Let me say, I send someone a nude picture. Okay, all right. Thank you so much, Brasad. Really appreciate it. 16 minutes before 7, uh, 0800 Wilderson, those are your two questions. Go for it. For Osandile, what I can say is that um, cases uh, in sexual offences courts all over the country are investigated by the police. And what we have done as a criminal justice system is that we have specialised 
police investigators called um, FCS uh, investigators. Uh, those FCS investigators, they are trained especially to deal with sexual offenses and to collect data. And it is important, utterly important, that we all play along with the criminal justice system. You see, once the investigation has started through uh, the FCS office, we need to be able to appear in court as victims and as witnesses. Now, what we, uh, uh, I think, we want to uh, make popular to uh, the community is that it is evident that um, our victims, our victims of sexual offences, need community support. They need to be supported either by their parents or community to be believed, to be able to to help the investigator with the case. But I'm not saying the community is wrong. I'm just saying we yeah. all have a role to play once a sexual offense has taken place. Yeah. Now, if the investigation takes longer than is, uh, is normal, the uh, police services, when I do an assessment, have the most possible avenues for complaints. They have a um, complaint uh, uh, line where you can... Actually, they've got a unit that deals with complaints. And that unit deals with a complaint very thoroughly. They also have what we used to call IPs or the IPs. If the investigators are not doing their work or people are not doing their work, you can go there to say that the police are failing to do their work. So, and, and also we have a, a civilian secretariat. Civilian secretariat is another wing within the police where the community can go and complain that our case has been investigated for longer than usual. So it is, it is one place right at the forefront of the reporting or the criminal justice system where the members of the community have a plethora of complaint management system. And I, I appeal to that department for that. Let yeah. us use that system as the community to claim and assert our rights when it comes to investigations, either breaking down or not being done as they should. And in my coordination of the investigation or of complaints, it's the only department where when I send a complaint, I never have a comeback from the complainant. Meaning that when complainants complain to the victim charter line that we paid as the sexual offenses, um, victim support and specialized services, it's the only stakeholder where we don't have, I have zero percent come back, meaning that those particular bodies for complaints do their work thoroughly and they assist the complainants. That's an assumption that I am making. Right. And then um, we had a caller also from Pushback reaching. This is Simon. Simon wants to find out in terms of interaction that takes place on the on the internet as you and i know on a day-to-day basis people are on facebook people are on whatsapp and and so forth in fact my communication with 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 uh, community radio stations most of the time sometimes it happens on whatsapp it's been happening even this evening but there's another side of the internet that's not so good the dark side of internet where 
pornographic materials are going back and forth. Now, Simon wants mm-hmm. to find out if he, as an individual, gets to send somebody a nude photo and that, that person mm-hmm. did not consent to that, could that be attributed mm-hmm. to sexual offense? Um, the nude photos going to consenting adults are not an offense. But if it's between adults that are not consenting, it will be an offense. So I would suggest that if you are told that I do not appreciate this kind of material, to be sent this kind of material, you stop from sending that kind of material. But if you continue, you will be in conflict with the law. Secondly, you could send a photo of a person who is a child. And in that case, you are actually a conduit for uh, uh, distributing pornographic material. Right. So in that instance, you will be in conflict with the law immediately. I've told many other people who send pornographic material that includes uh, children to say, as much as you're sending it to me to raise awareness that this is happening. If the child, for instance, is in Nigeria, what you hope? I do with that because you know I'm not going to be able to have a hand that reaches to Nigeria. Right. And if you're not saying intervene in this case, what are you doing? Are you further distributing pornographic material right. of a child who is being violated? So we must be socially responsible with social media to say that there are forums, there are instances when and when you cannot distribute pornographic material. Let it be between two consenting adults. Outside of consent of adults as well as it is involving a child, please stay away from that because you shall be in conflict with the law. All right, let's take Foli Swa from KZN and call him from North Coast Community Radio. Uh, Foli Swa? Oh, hello, how are you? I'm good in yourself. I'm okay. Right, go for it. Um, I just want to ask, can we report to Tutuzela Kessing for the sexual offense? Can is we, it possible? Come again, can you report? Can we report to Tutuzela Kessing for the sexual offense? Is okay. All right, all right. Thank you so much for that. Appreciate it fully, sir, all the way out from KZN. 0800 142 That's 0800 At the Tutuzela Centers, Melukubu uh, Wilderson, sexual offenses or sexual offenses cases, is it possible to report it there or it needs to be reported directly to the police? Obviously, it will be dealt with in a sexual offense court. Uh, no, the Tutuzela Care Centers are appropriate wherever there is a Tutuzela Care Center. Any victim of sexual offenses can walk into a Tutuzela Care Center for reporting. Now, you might not have a, a police waiting in that center to take a statement, but what the coordinator at the Tutuzela Care Center will do is they will call on the local police, the relevant uh, either a policeman, uh, but often it's a, a FCS investigator to come in in order to take a statement. Otherwise, they will call the local police to take a statement that will then be translated or, or forwarded to an investigator who will take a, 
full statement later. Right. So do go into walk into TCCs, any TCC, and report a sexual offence. It must be addressed or coordinated by the TCC. There's no way of saying that you will be sent to police station. Once you are at the Tutuvela Care Centre, all care must be given to the victim of sexual offence. All right. With with uh, small claims courts, for instance, uh, one is told they don't need legal representation to be evaded. We know that with uh, with maintenance courts as well, there's a phase within the maintenance period or maintenance discussion, or uh, let's call it a hearing as it's, it's been called. At that phase, you don't necessarily need legal representation. Is there a phase when it comes to sexual matters being presented or being dealt with in a sexual offense court, is there a phase where you ne- you don't need legal representation or that's a matter that you totally need legal representation with? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, sexual offenses and criminal cases are basically uh, by their nature different from uh, civil cases. Small cases and um, maintenance Courts to make us as civil cases. So, there in those areas, you do get legal representation, whether private or public. But in respect of criminal cases, sexual offenses, all of them are similar cases. Your prosecutor is your advocate. It's basically a state advocate who represents the interest of the complainant. So that's uh, uh, a support number one. That's your legal representative number one. That's your chief of primary legal representative. From there, the National Prosecution Authority mm-hmm. to enable the victim to be familiar with the court process. They have introduced what we call court preparation officer, which is one of the personnel that must be present at a sexual office court. The court preparation officer is not a legal representative, but they are there to enable you to be familiar with the court process because it's a it's a it's a it's a very uh, uh, criminal justice system uh, is uh, what we call it. It's very confrontational. Yeah. So in its nature, you need to understand that in order for anybody to prove a case beyond reasonable doubt. As a witness, how strong should you be? How, you know, and, and you must be familiar with all the role players so that you're not intimidated by the court uh, room itself and the court process itself. So there's quite a number of, you know, um, facilities that we put around the victim or human resources that we put around the system to ensure that that legal representation is fully uh, activated for the victim or for a complainant. All right. Now, one of the problems that 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 government is concerned about, especially when it comes to matters like this, it's issues that's got to do with case withdrawals. And uh, yeah. you know how 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 would the sexual offences courts ensure at least the reduction of these? Um, in terms of the model that we have put in place, um, we have actually uh, looked at what frequency causes uh, breakdown. 
if the legal representative of the complainant is not in court, then we've got a problem. So we must make sure that we've got prosecutors at all times being in court. So with the model, we expect that at least at the minimum, there's two people mm-hmm. who are, are familiarized with the case so that if one person gets sick or is indisposed to court, there's another prosecutor who can take on the case. But the challenge that we have is that as we uh, get into this budgetary constraint era, then uh, that becomes uh, a little bit more difficult for us to establish costs with all the resources. But what the uh, National Prosecution Authority has done is to make sure that the core of people who are trained to be able to handle a sexual offence. So we would like as much as possible for there to be lower rates, but we do find them and reasons are beyond even prosecution and unavailability of magistrates. Sometimes it's the witness themselves not being able to present. Sometimes uh, it's other court role players like legal defense that is not uh, able to attend. Sometimes if the accused who is sick or is indisposed for one reason or another, mm-hmm. who's unavailable. And if there's consistent uh, unavailability of a particular role player, magistrates are often forced to withdraw a case until maybe uh, further notice. Like if the investigating officer does not produce the relevant uh, information because DNA evidence is not yet available, then they will withdraw. But ideally, by the time a case is registered, it should have ticked certain boxes. It should have ticked quite a number of boxes, including the fact that the DNA has been done. But sometimes you find one or two things missing from the DNA report. And if it's continuously leading to postponement of the magistrates who are judicial officers and are responsible for court rules are forced to say that uh, let this case be withdrawn until you as the state are ready to come and present this or until the accused is in a position to come back and be you know and be here because if they are safe there's absolutely nothing that the magistrate can do he can postpone the case for six times all right Mm. uh, i mean i mean yeah when I say this, I'm not saying a number. I'm saying of course. on so many occasions that it sounds like, you know, this case seems like, you know, it, it, it's actually on other reasons other than the accused. Normally they will withdraw it because then it means the case is not court ready. You're giving the investigators and everybody who is involved the opportunity to go and prepare themselves or bring the evidence that is required. Seven o'clock on the dot. Um, before I say goodbye to you, Melkubu Wilderson, uh, without preempting what's going to happen tomorrow, uh, would you like yes. to share maybe one or two things that residents of Bredasdorp can look forward to? Um, you know, Bredasdorp is one of is the court um, one of the courts that dealt with one of those very horrendous cases where a victim was raped and. So there's a number of cases, and we've been able to bring uh, the families of uh, those victims to be part of this launch. 
so that we can have a meet and greet session and talking session with the families uh, to tell us about the process and, and see if there is a need for us to provide further support, such as counseling, whatever. So we'll have that meet besides the normal launch of making the public see the facilities and understand what they are there for and ensure that communities can report to the police so that ultimately the case is registered in court. Right. Joining us on the line is Ms. Kamokhelo Likubu Wilderson. She's the director uh, responsible for victim support and specialized services. Melukubu Wilderson, let me let you go, especially that you've got a long day tomorrow uh, that you're looking forward to, that we're all looking forward to. Thank you so much for joining us for this evening and uh, all the best for tomorrow. Okay, thank you very much. And I hope all listeners have seen something from this segment and I hope to be back. Great stuff. All right. Um, two minutes after 7 o'clock, and that's where we're going kind of, to have to leave it for this evening. Thank you so much to everybody that's called in. And we, we do apologize for the technical glitch that we had. Um, I thought perhaps it was just the weather acting up. But I was informed by my colleagues that ah, it's not the weather, actually. It's the load shedding that's just kicked in at that time. So we've lost the transmission power for a bit until our UPS systems kicked in and uh, our generators kicked in as well. And in that way, we're back on air, but we'd like to apologize for that. Thank you that you were um, um, uh, you, you, you able to, to understand this and you were able to be patient with us. We really, really appreciate it. Let's leave it here for this evening. From myself, thank you so much. Let's meet again next week. Uh, well, next week is going to be solar, by the way. We are not going to. We are not going to have. Um, we are not going to have the let's talk justice live your rights show next week. We'll be broadcasting live the sauna and communication on that guard will be sent to stations. Uh, please be in touch with your GCIS uh, liaison who can help you uh, with regards to that. From myself, Karamalans, ciao for now. Let's meet again in two weeks.